you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mashless Buttons Mashcast, a podcast about video games, community, culture, and industry. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with the scourge of Ironforge and games industry public defender, Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? All right, and I'm also here with uh, Christina Zamorelli, also known as Pop-Tart. What's up? I guess that's an intro. Getting yeah. there. Yeah, we're we're getting there. I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it still. <laughs> it's just gonna be she who has no intro is my intro. That's actually gonna be your intro now. So thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> wow, that easy, just like that. You're natural. <laughs> this is Mashcast number eight. Um, we would like to uh, well, actually today's topic. Maybe we should start there. Start in order. It's late here, folks. Sorry, we always record these pretty late. But yeah, today's topic is actually going to be about the modding scene. And uh, I mean, we're talking about like game modding, not like modding your Xbox. So a lot of it's going to focus around uh, PC modding. There's very little modding actually in the in the console community, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, but before we get started, I'd like to welcome welcome any new listeners to the show. Thank you guys very much for deciding to check out the MASHcast. Hope that you are entertained. If you do enjoy the show, uh, you can go ahead and, um, you know, if you want to keep up with us, just follow us on at MTB site. We'll also be giving out, out our Twitters and stuff at the end of the show. Before we hop into our main topic, though, how's everybody's, you know, well, well it's been two weeks for us. I was going to say, how's it have everybody weekend gaming gone, but it's been two weeks for us, so who wants to go first? Well, you can go first because you have the shortest, Nick. Or do I? No, I probably oh. don't. <laughs> no, but actually, yeah, I played Hearthstone. I played WoW. Uh, goes without saying. But actually, I did play a little bit of Knack the last few weeks. I played about an Knack. hour's worth. Knack. What? The first one? Yeah, the first one because I guess it was on uh, PlayStation Plus. For free, yeah. For free. That's how I also played it, a it, little bit of it. Yeah, and uh, I guess my brother-in-law was playing that in front of the kid, and so then the kid, the one day, I'm, he's like, play Knack? Play Knack? And so I'm like, <laughs> okay. So, you know, I put it on, and I, I I tried to get him to play. He played, like, a little bit, but he still doesn't know what he's doing with the controls. So, uh, yeah, I, I wound up playing, and he just sat there and watched me play, which was cool. So, um, yeah, overall, it's a fairly simple, straightforward platformer, not really nothing too innovative. Uh, the only thing I don't like is that I feel like it'd be better if like you got bigger as the game went along, but it seems like you keep getting bigger and then shrinking down throughout each individual stage. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'm all big hulking and doing all this damage. And then like, Oh, now, now I'm small again. This sucks. So, yep. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I see, that's my only complaint. I'm not a huge fan of that game. Do you know what my number one complaint was? The voice actor for Knack. The yeah. voice act the voice actor only fits when you're big. He only fits when you're big. 
when you're small neck and he starts talking, it's like, uh, maybe they should process his voice because it just doesn't fit. And don't get me wrong, that guy is like a, a, a really big voice actor, too. Yes. Like he used to be the Hulu guy. He was the guy on Hulu that would say, this presentation is brought to you without commercial interruption or the some shit like Dave that. Dave Fennoy, right? I think is his name? Yeah. The black dude with dreads. Yeah, he does Vulgen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, he's a, a really, really good voice actor. I just think he's just uh, miscast because yeah. it just does not fit. No, the game is stacked from a voice acting standpoint because I remember when I, I saw the one cutscene at the beginning and I'm like, well, like I recognize like half these people, which yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe they should be doing a better job. But I shouldn't recognize them so easily, but uh, no, it's it's definitely it's not a it's not hurting for its budget, I guess you could say. I mean, it's definitely a, a triple A game in that regard. I was just really surprised when they made a knack too. I didn't make it through the game, by the way. I played it for a few hours. I was giving it my best. I was like, maybe it just gets better. It gets better. And I was like, no, it doesn't get that much better. So uh, yeah, I heard that play. it just kind of chills in one yeah. level and that's it. I never played it because I, why? Yeah, like it, it was a launch title for PS4. It just was, it, it's one of those things that they were trying to show off something with the game. What they were trying to show off, I'm not exactly sure. I guess particle effects. Like, yeah, I mean, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, like there's the one thing where you like turn into like a whirlwind of parts and you just kind of attack stuff, and like Maybe. that's cool and all. And I guess yeah, it's impressive the PS4 can track all those individual pieces because I don't think it's like a pre-rendered like no thing, no. But, I'm pretty sure your whole body is like you know stays like that the entire time. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't. I don't, I don't know. Like sometimes I don't know what consoles are trying to show off because I play on PC primarily, so it's like they'll show something off. I'm like, okay, like where where's the what's what's the trick here? <laughs> like, you know, but um, that 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 I wasn't sure what that game was trying to show off. Like, I mean, I know what they try to show off when they have like a Forza come out. Like they want to show how good the fucking Xbox looks. That's what they want to show you every time there's a Forza that comes out. That's how I knew there was going to be a new Forza with the Xbox One X releasing. I was like, there's no way they put out the Xbox One X without having their best looking game <laughs> come out. Don't uh, they have for a Forza it. every year though? Um, they do, but they have like this Forza and then Forza Horizon, right? So Forza Horizon does not look as good as regular Forza. It doesn't, but Forza Horizon, in my opinion, is just a much, it's way more fun for me. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I don't play racing games at all. I played Forza Horizon once for like 10 hours straight. Like I couldn't put it down because I was just like driving around, hitting all the stupid signs and finding cards and stuff. Like that was fun. Forza Horizon is like racing game Skyrim. Like especially the last one that came out, Forza Horizon 3 is like Skyrim for racing games. Fucking awesome. I could just drive around, like you said, hit signs, listen to the radio. The music is awesome. It's great. So, yeah. Don't know how we got. Oh, do I do know how we got all the way to Forza? Let's <laughs> let's move. Let's get back on track. Christina, how uh, has your week been or two weeks been? Uh, I started God of War. I so after that hard mode conversation we had last time, I was like, let's play God of War on hard mode, which is like. the worst decision um i didn't pick god of war mode but i can't drop dow dow because i've already played through most of the game on hard mode um but it's taking a while just because of side quests and stuff and i've been spending way too much time in final fantasy um because i made a new free company or guild in layman terms um and yeah so i've been building that up that's basically all i've been doing Hmm. 
Yeah, no, I actually I usually have a lot to say here, but I haven't been doing much. Um I think the last time we talked, I was I playing God of War last time we mm-hmm. Yeah, so God of War one I I just beat it, I think last week. The first God of War, I finally finished it, which um I I liked it a lot. I can see why the game like the presentation of the game to right now is still really good on a PS3 as an HD remix. <laughs> right, as an HD remake. Like it was still really, really good. So I do understand why it was so popular back then. Cause I mean, I can't even imagine that, like, you know, what it was like to play those levels like for the first time on the PS2, you know. And I think this game brings me back to a time where static camera angles were a thing. And how important they are to the presentation of this game specifically. So uh, that was cool. I mean, I, I'm, I'm playing God of War two now, which is uh, I don't know. I still th- I, I'm having a good time with it. I haven't played it in a few days, but I'm looking forward to going through that. What I didn't realize about God of Wars was, was that there were seven games in the series. Mm-hmm. Did not realize that. So I have God of War one, two, and three right here. I have um. Actually, I got one on Amazon and got the the uh, PSP collection for PS3. So that's actually sitting in my mailbox outside right now. I just remembered that I didn't go pick that up when I got the notification. So Ghost of Sparta and Chains of Olympus are sitting in my mailbox. There's the one... Ascension. I don't know if it, Ascension. Did that come out for PS4? It was PS3. I'm pretty sure it was PS3. So yeah, there's Ascension. And I think there's one more. Was there one more? I don't think so. There was, I'm sorry, there's one that I can't get because it was a phone game. It was a mobile game um, called Betrayal. And it's about, it's about, uh, I guess I don't know. I don't, I don't want to do any God of War spoilers. I, I wouldn't want somebody to spoil, I wouldn't have wanted somebody to spoil the story for me. So I'm not going to do it here. But it's about a very specific event that turns him white, like why he's white. It, it, that's what Betrayal is about. It's about leading up to that event. So, yeah. Um, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I thought that was like a known thing. No, I never knew why he was white. I just thought that's what the character, the color they wanted him to be. <laughs> that oh. was like, okay. They probably want him to be pale white. Okay, because it goes better with the red. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I never looked into it. And uh, when I played the game, I found out. I was like, oh, that's why he's white. Okay. That works. So, but yeah, I, I did really, really like the game. The funny thing, though, because I think we talked about it last time, right? Where I was like, ah, yeah, you know, I kind of get stuck sometimes and I would feel ashamed because I would go to look at the guide because I just want to get through the game. I didn't feel like figuring it out. So that happened a few more times. And every single time I went to go look at the guide, it was like I was already doing the thing that the guide said to do. I just needed to do it better. So it made me feel a little bit better about myself. I was like, okay, so I'm doing the right thing. I just need to be better at it. Like, that you makes know. me feel bad, though, when I look at the guide. And it's like, <laughs> hey, that thing that you're doing, you're right. And I'm like, I didn't even have to look this up. Yeah, like, it was just kind of like, it was like, oh, well, it's, it's the right thing to do. So I didn't feel too bad. If they would have told me some super secret thing, I would have been super pissed. So, <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah, but no, I did like it. I did feel that the the boss fight at the end of the game was just kind of phoning it in. Because the rest of the game was just way... Like, a lot of the pressure is way harder than that last boss fight, you know. Um, actually, the boss fight is broken into three pieces. And all, th- the, all three pieces were kind of, like, super easy because the first piece 
when you fight Ares, like he couldn't even touch me, man. Like I mean, because I was just, I did get a ton of those red orbs. So I was like super powered up. Almost everything was maxed out except Medusa's magic. Cause I never used it to turn people in the stone. Everything else was maxed out. And it was just like, I, he couldn't even touch me. Then you go into the part where you fight the uh, other things. And when you max out your uh, can, uh, chains of chaos or the, 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 the primary weapon, you literally just hit X and then hit X, but hit square and then hold it down hit and hit it again and hold it down. And it does this huge combo that just pretty much wipes everybody out of your way. So that was easy. And then the final fight with, um, with Ares was like super easy. I was like, eh, eh, maybe they should have ramped it up a bit more. They should ramp up the difficulty as you start to max out things. <laughs> I st- yeah, I see that a lot in games too. I mean, that happened in final fantasy 13. I, hated that game but all the enemies before the final boss were like 10 times harder than the final boss itself yeah yeah it's like i think it's because you i think we kind of had a conversation about that before right where there are some bosses in some games like you have a mid boss that's super hard and you have to grind so hard to beat that boss that by the time you beat the boss it's like you could just blow through the rest of the game mm-hmm. you know and that it kind of like kind of makes it not so difficult <laughs> to do so I'm I'm a firm believer that that final boss fight should feel like final boss fights, you know. So, but now nah, I'm playing God of War two. I do like it. I do want to pick up the pace though and play it, um, a bit more and play, play it a bit more so I can get through it. The first God of War I beat, I actually I, it felt like I was playing the game forever, man. But I only it took me about eight hours to to get through it. So that was a little weird. It felt like I was playing it forever. And I think it's because after you leave Athens, you're in the the, the goddamn uh, Pandora's like uh, temple for so long. You're in there for a really, really long time. So I think that's why I felt like I was, I was playing for a really long time. But, you know, God of War 2 definitely has more. Well, I don't know. Like so far, I've been to like three different locations. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And then I'll, I'm just uh, not necessarily psyched to play the PSP ones because it's like, I mean, I'm, I, I want to play it. I want to get the full story. They do have story associated with them. So I want to get the full story, but I'm not necessarily psyched because especially like the PSP um, did not have a second thumbstick, correct? It only had the one. It did. It did? I thought the PSP, I say, I don't know. I traded I in my... Or <laughs> the PSP had two thumbsticks. It might have. I can't remember. Because it was like playing games that were, oops, that were like PS2 games and stuff, right? That's true. Actually, yeah, it did. You know, it it it, it was it just slid around. It wasn't an actual thumbstick that came up, wasn't it? I think that was what. That's what I'm thinking of. No, maybe it doesn't. Ah, uh, let's see. Oh, the Go had two thumbsticks. But the regular one did not. But the regular one did not. I'm so confused. There's so many pictures on this. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. The Ooh. regular PSP did not have thumbstick. Okay. Thumbstick. The PSP Go did. I don't miss those it's, days of one thumbstick. So that means that there's a certain functionality in God of War that would not work on the PSP version. It just wouldn't. So that's what I'm not necessarily excited for. Plus, PSP did not have pressure-sensitive buttons. And so when I went to go play Metal Gear games on the PSP, I'm like, why does this suck so bad? 
even though this has this this fucking Metal Gear game has an incredibly important story to the lore of Metal Gear, but I gotta like grind through this PSP game. So, but other than that, I am enjoying God of War. That's what I've pretty much been doing, except um, Overwatch. I will say this: after God of War Two, I do believe I'm going to go back and play at least one of the Wolfenstein DLCs. I'm like fiending for more Wolfenstein right now. Like, I, I really am. So I'm going to go back and play one of the Wolfenstein DLCs. Look at me saying I don't have anything to talk about. And here we are, 16 minutes in. <laughs> Let's go ahead. <laughs> That's what you get... do, though. That's why we listen to the show. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into the topic. We're talking we talk about modding because we kind of brought it up on either, it was either the last show or maybe the show before that. I think it was the last show that, um, you know, if it wasn't for the modding scene of, like, you know, the early 2000s or even the, maybe the, even, like, the, the late 90s, that you wouldn't have the games that you have right now, the most popular games, and 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 you know, in gaming right now, are derived, if not completely, at least partially from mods. Um, you know, we'll dive more deep into it, but you know, uh, League of Legends doesn't exist without Dota, full conversion Warcraft three mod. Counter Strike doesn't exist without Half Life, full conversion Half Life mod um overwatch wouldn't exist without dota because of you know dota created mobas mobas obviously have a huge influence in uh you know in the way that uh overwatch plays but on top of that you have a game like team fortress that really uh, instituted that class-based play and that was like i think 1996 i think was team fortress for uh uh was it was it doom or was it quake i think it was i think team fortress was it, I can't remember if it was a Doom or a Quake mod, to be honest with you. I think Quake. Uh, yeah, so I think it was a Quake mod, too. Um, but yeah, Team Fortress, and that's how you get you know Overwatch. Shit, that's how you get Team Fortress, too. <laughs> you know, so there's a, there's a lot of games. And more recently, like we talked about, the H1Z1 uh, without DayZ, you know, which is DayZ as an armor mod. So mods play a really important part in gaming. And... It's almost like, and we'll dive into this too, but it's almost like publishers don't care because they don't show a lot of larger publishers no longer show love toward mods. But like I said, we'll get into it. But, um, you know, mods are huge. Like a game like Skyrim, uh, you know, you check some numbers, it has over 45,000 mods available for it. Yeah. Now, yes, some of those mods make it rain cheese, but other mods uh make you know turn dragons into macho man randy savage which is actually pretty awesome have you guys ever seen that mod before i've seen that one and my favorite one besides that one is the one where every time you shoot arrows it makes a pew noise so it's just like oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually left for dead has a macho man mod that turns every zombie into macho man randy Savage. or oh, they turn their voice so and the thing is like they all have individual voices so instead of hearing uh, uh, you hear like macho you hear like them saying macho man shit like oh yeah like hundreds of oh yeah like it's fucking great like it's really really funny so um yeah so you have mods like that but then there's also like skyrim mod a skyrim mod that it's basically like like a DLC or an expansion. There's one that's kind of a mod that adds 30 hours of gameplay to the game. Like it extends the, the, the life of the game. Starcraft 2 has an entire arcade section that's essentially just mods. And I've seen things from, 
you know, just stuff that, you know, changes to the StarCraft maps to people making like side scrolling shooters out of StarCraft 2. Amazing. People are recreating Warcraft or, or Warcraft 3 in the StarCraft mod. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a ton of stuff in there. It's it's insane what they're able to do with this engine that you would think ostensibly like this is designed to be a, you know, top-down RTS type thing, but no, they're you know, just just through the mods, they're able to take that engine and just completely manipulate it so that you don't even recognize what it is that you're playing. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure in terms of that engine specifically, I'm pretty sure that's the base engine that Blizzard uses for all the games except Overwatch. Overwatch is a brand new engine, but all the other games use that engine. So, yeah, it's a really flexible one and people are showing it. But the fact that, like, you know, you have all these mods for StarCraft, you have, you know, uh, mods for Skyrim. People are still making mods for games like Portal, by the way. You can get expansion stories for Portal. I've played a few of them and they are actually really, really good. Um I forget what the name of the one I played one uh, was, but there was one that I played where instead of using portal guns, you use paint guns and you would paint orange or I think white and it would make you bounce. You have to basically use physics to bounce around the levels to get out, but it had a story all by itself. So, um, you know, people obviously do want to create mods for the games that they're playing. And I think mods for the games that, uh, that uh, like that would be really good. They expand the life, expand the life of the game. But like I said, we've seen a decline in games that actually allow modding. But let's go back to like some like the earliest of the mods, right? You know, you you're talking. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say it's officially the first mod, but I think it's generally accepted that like Castle Smurfenstein is one of the first mods that you had which is basically wolfenstein 3d but instead of nazis the nazis were replaced with smurfs that was it that that was the mod behind it and that mod actually is what um showed doom's publisher which was apogee at the time showed them that wait a second like this user created mod that we didn't create that we didn't have to spend any money on is actually extending the life of the game so when they went to go make doom they packaged all of doom's assets into a single file so that fans who wanted to create their own stuff could actually create their own stuff they have all the assets available to them and so they did and that went so well that in 94 doom released i guess what you could call the essentially is the first uh, modding kit or modding tools maybe like i would say maybe the file itself was the modding kit and then the uh, what they released in '94 was actually modding tools uh, for Doom, and I think the only the and that's a slippery slope. Like I guess that was kind of scary for them at the time because they were, you know, they were taking their IP and they were allowing people to kind of play with it, right? And they couldn't force really force people to do what they wanted. They asked people to make sure that the mods only worked with the retail version, and most people actually abided by that. If you didn't have a registered copy it wouldn't work. So that's really where we first saw the impact of modding because obviously tons of shit came out of Doom. Like, like we just brought up, well, Doom, Quake are both id. Um, Team Fortress came out of that. You know, worth it, I think. <laughs> you know, so, you know, with Doom's, uh, Doom had a huge, uh, I think a huge impact on modding because I think after that, you have uh, Valve, 
and um, Epic, who both, I don't know if they, I can't say if they followed their lead or if they had modding on the mind already, but they kind of followed up with, you know, making sure that Half-Life was moddable, making sure that Unreal was moddable, you know. And Valve was very known for being, you know, hiring their best mod developers and their best level developers from the communities themselves. That's what they did. Like when Counter-Strike blew up, they hired, you know, Min Lee and Jess Cliff after the launch of, uh, of Counter-Strike and how well that did. Um, which, I, did we already bring up Counter-Strike as a full conversion mod? Yes, we did. I mean, if you don't know what Counter-Strike is, I mean, you probably aren't listening to this podcast. I mean, like, even if you don't play Counter-Strike, you know what Counter-Strike is. You know? Yeah, it's there was a while, too, that I didn't know what Gary's mod came from because everybody was like oh i'm playing gary's mod i'm like what the heck you're playing a mod like what the heck is that like what's going on which still to this day is still kind of fuzzy to me but it's like all of those things i kind of fit into like one thing where like csgo and gary's mod and uh, half-life itself is all like kind of one area that i was like okay that's cool they're all one whatever yeah they're all the same like in terms of they're, they're all products of mods Right. And Gary's mind, if you want to talk about what spawns something like a Minecraft or a lot of the sandbox games we have now, that's Gary's mod. The Gary's mod is what really started that because you literally just go into it's not it's it's not like a you go and make the game, <laughs> you know, basically like you go in, you can put stuff all over the place. You can bring characters in from any Half-Life uh, or any any HL2 engine game. You can apply whatever physics you want. You can make them do all this crazy shit, and people loved it. Well, I'm always impressed to see like how many people use Gary's mod for like machinima, like yes. not even actually make games. And and that's kind of that's what confused me because that's how I came to know Gary's mod. I'd see like all these little things people made, and I'd be like, oh, this is like a movie studio. And no, it's not. <laughs> it's Gary's mod. Like that's it's impressive. Yeah, exactly. And even I think. What Valve did eventually was based off of Gary's mod, they made the source filmmaker, which was internal to them. That's how they made their Team Fortress 2 videos, which I'm sorry, are still some of the best videos in, in, in video gaming. They are the Team Fortress videos. They, the, the, the meet the pyro, meet the soldier, like meet the, like you meet all that is pretty fucking funny. Um, my favorite one is Meet the Spy. If you haven't watched Meet the Spy, please go watch Meet the Spy, you know. Have you seen somebody, and I, I want to say it was probably using Gary's mod, but I don't know for certain. Somebody did like a Team Fortress meets Overwatch video. Mm -mm. That's probably Source Filmmaker, to be honest with you. Okay, maybe it's that, but uh, it's, it's amusing just because of uh, how similar the two games are to actually see somebody remix them in that regard. Mm. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I'm going to check it out. So, um... Yeah, besides Valve, though, I think, like I already mentioned, Epic was a huge proponent of modding to the point that they made Unreal Ed, which is Unreal Editor, which is a modding, is a set of modding tools and a modding kit that I think was just, I think the reason why it stands out so much was just really well put together, very easy to use. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't like, you know, anybody could do it, but it, it could you could go from a complete novice to being an expert. Uh, not sorry, I should say being an expert, but being like very well versed in game design and level design and mod design by using Unreal Ed, 
And Unreal Ed was really built for you, for you to take Unreal and do whatever you wanted to. It basically turned Unreal into a sandbox. And games like Unreal and um, Quake, Quake Three, uh, Quake Three Arena specifically, um, I think I, I don't know anybody if they were to play them today would go back and play Vanilla. To be honest, like you don't play vanilla unreal you play unreal with certain mods enabled like even especially in the competitive community right and in the competitive competitive community i believe of quake 3 arena will play quake osp or orange softy production as a mod and then if you played unreal or unreal 2k4 there were several mods you would put in place so that like you know stuff that will give you um hit sounds stuff that will give you um brighter enemy skins you know stuff that would change the scoreboard like ut comp was what it was called so you can run competitions and stuff like that. So those like mods were really important to the development of competitive communities. Actually, something that could really help uh, games now, but you can't because of how server management works with games now. Like for Unreal and, and Counter Strike, we had modifications that would check P, like a player's GUID versus a global list that the community would decide who's banned and who's not. So if you got your you could like you if you were like a dick all the time and Valve wasn't doing anything about it or Epic wasn't doing well actually Epic couldn't do anything about it to be honest with you Valve could though because of Steam and Valve wasn't doing anything about it your G a server admin would take your GUID take it to the forum be like look this guy has been causing a lot of trouble on the server maybe some other server admins kind of chime in and you put that guy on the global ban list and then every time he tries to get into your server rejected Unreal had the same thing so um. Yeah, like that, like, you know, that really helped. Unreal Tournament had built, we built our own, well, that's not we, like, I helped, but um, the Unreal Tournament community built their own anti-cheat. They built their own anti-cheat, and so did uh, a couple people in the um, in the Counter-Strike Source community, specifically. They built their own anti-cheat for, for use in um, Cal, Cal League. So mods really helped out there as well. So um, there's a couple of pros to mods, right? Like one that we, you know, the first thing I think of, it extends the life of the game, right? It actually makes the game a bit more valuable because I, for, there's some games that come out and people don't buy them for the base game, but then a mod would be created for them and make it worth playing. They would do those things. It's almost like how Fortnite came out and nobody played it. And then Fortnite Battle Royale came out. Imagine if you if if like what happened if, if if Epic never makes that right like they they say Fortnite just goes away. There's a lot of games in the past that I think would have just went away, but because somebody in the community made a mod for it, it actually brought attention to it and and helped with the life of the game. And that's what the guys at Apogee saw with Doom, and that's why they allowed mods. You know, so definitely extending the life of the game, but. You know, well, go ahead, Nick. Oh well, I I just want to say it it'll extend the life of games too. Sometimes where uh, the developers couldn't finish all the development themselves, like the modders will go in and they'll find you know like storylines and and content that was originally intended to be in the game and then cut. Uh, in particular, I'm thinking of uh, Vampire Bloodlines and Knights of the Old Republic too. Uh, both of those games had significant content that is on the disc but didn't make it into the final game. And especially Knights of the Old Republic too, like that game just kind of ends abruptly. And there's a whole like third arc there that modders went in and they worked 
I mean, they, they basically developed that final chapter of the game. And so, yeah, you can download that and you can play that. And I mean, to say that it, it doesn't just extend the life of the game, like it, it restores the game to the best of their ability as to what it should have been. Cause that like nice, the Republic, awesome. Nice, the old Republic, uh, you know, two was, you know, it was great. And then it just kind of falls short. And that really, it, it restores it back to what it should have been. So it's, it soured it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah, then the modders are able to go in and, and, uh, you know, make those games, what the developer's vision was. Cause, because, you know, usually for time purposes, that stuff, you know, the developers ambitions are always a lot higher than what they can necessarily deliver. Uh, and it's great to see, you know, a, a community, you know, because it's great too. one, it's a community project. It's, you know, a hand, you know, a team that works on this to do this, put this out, but then the community can rally around it and then, uh, you know, and reap the rewards. So those, the, the, the stuff that's there, the original vision, it doesn't have to die just because it was cut. Absolutely. That 100%. Um, well, I guess what I was going to say next kind of also goes into what you're saying. Like it, it also mods can enhance the game past the developer's expectation, you know? So like, you know, like you said, the people were going into the game and finishing stuff up. Um, or like I was talking about how, you know, the community made an anti-cheat for the game because it needed it. Uh, the community made mods to make the game more competitive because it needed it, you know? Um, Actually, I'm trying to think of one mod. Actually, I guess this, this will go under extend the life of the game. There was a Star Wars mod for Call of Duty 4 that kept Call of Duty 4 servers alive for a much longer time than they should have been. I'm pretty sure when Modern Warfare 3 came out, there were still people playing the Star Wars mod on Call of Duty 4. So that doesn't really... That goes with the extend life, not the enhance. But... um I don't know. I call a mod where you turn a dragon into Macho Man Randy Savage an enhancement. Personally. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, just to be clear, it only makes him sound like Macho Man. It doesn't actually turn the dragon. Oh, his head is Macho Man. Oh, Randy his head Savage. is Macho Man's head. Uh -huh. When you finally see it. And it's great because like, you got to watch, like, you got to watch a whole video. Like don't just watch one where the person has the dragon already there. When the dragon's far away, you hear like macho man's coming. And like, you know, like you hear that it was the dragons like flying in. I don't even like Skyrim, but that was the first mod I installed fresh out the boat. Like, like, as soon as, before I even started the game, I put that mod on. <laughs> so yeah, it was awesome. But, um, it also can create new games, new genre. I mean, like, the Half-Life engine is just filled. So many of the games that came out, I guess why I put it like this, so many of the games that were on Steam when Steam first started out were just mods of Half-Life. They were just mods that people made of Half-Life. They weren't, like, full-blown games. It was awesome. You had Half-Life. You had Half-Life 2 Deathmatch. You had Blue Shift. You had Counter-Strike. You had, you know all these Half-Life 2 full conversion mods that were pretty awesome. I thought you were going to say something, Nick. That's what I said. No, 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 no. You, <laughs> I don't know what look I keep giving you that I, you think I'm going to say something. <laughs> uh, sorry, maybe you were just breathing. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'll hold my breath. Yeah. But uh, there's that. Then, um, you know, most notably, like I said, I'd probably say Dota for creating League of Legends. And essentially, I'm sorry, essentially... Um, bolstering esports in the United States because that's what League of Legends did. Nobody else did that except League of Legends. That's just the truth because um, of the way they handled it. But yeah, so you have that and um, 
trying to think. Yeah, H1Z1 stuff we've already talked about so far in this episode, but yeah, I, new games and new genres of games. Because, just, you know. Just, just to be clear, because you said look, Dota gave us League of Legends, um, but Dota, Dota itself was the mod from Warcraft 3. Yes, Dota yes. was the mod from Warcraft 3. Yeah, and then that, that begot the whole MOBA genre. They gave us League of Legends. Yeah, which I, if you would have talked, if you would have talked to me in 2003, I'm like, that game's cool, but, you know, it's whatever. You know, it, it's just a mod. I never would have predicted that it became what it became, what it became, like, ever. So, kudos to them for that. Pop quiz, anybody know what Dota stands for? Defense of the Ancients. Yes. Great job, Nick. I talked to somebody who plays fucking Dota 2 all the time, did not know that. <laughs> Actually, is it in the Dota 2 logo? Maybe he's just that terrible of a person. <laughs> I didn't even know it stand, stood for anything, so well, it's, that, <laughs> you just blew my mind. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. No, it's, it just says Dota 2. It doesn't say Dota 2 Defense of the Ancients. But well, yeah, it's, called, Dota, it's called Defense of the Ancients because it has forts, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that, ex, that it explains a lot about the game, right? Because, you know, if you just go to play League of Legends and like every map is the same, like it's not even every map, it's one map you play over and over again. It's because the game was just a mod for Warcraft 3. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, like Dota is massive. And without Dota, I, I definitely attribute Dota, the original Dota, to you know, Overwatch, which is massive. Obviously, League of Legends, Dota, Heroes of the Storm, which is massive, you know. Um, then, you know, now both Fortnite and PUBG are huge. Fortnite just making bonkers money, made doing deals with Marvel so they can have, uh, you know, uh, fucking Thanos in, uh, in, in the game. You know, Fortnite... That all rolls back from H1Z1, which was a spinoff of DayZ, which is a mod for Arma. I want to complain about that Thanos crossover, but I feel like to do so would be getting into Infinity War spoilers, which is my, the whole thing I want to complain about. So oh, no. I'm not going to complain about it. Please don't do that. I haven't seen it. Okay, then I'm not going to complain about it. Oh, Thank okay. you. But just know that I, I, don't, I don't like what they did. Oh, no. Well, you... Didn't, okay, I'm not gonna get into it. Like, don't do yeah, that. I, don't wanna, I, I can't. I can't explain why I don't like what they did without really like giving away spoilers. So I just gotcha. Just text each other. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sh- yeah we'll shame put on a- you, Fortnite. Shame on you. Mm. Yeah, but that all rolls in from H1Z1, which was uh, you know, comes from Daisy. I'm trying to think of uh, any other mods that I can think of that are super that come that are super hot right now. I mean, like besides that, there's this like you know, um. I guess this goes into enhancing games like hit sounds were not something that were in first person shooters for quite a while. They weren't hit sounds were not there. That were, those were mods that were created for first person shooters. And then when the next wave of FPS came out, you know, that's when they started putting hit sounds in. Let's be honest. Crosshairs weren't always in first person shooters either. You know, (laughs) it wasn't, it wasn't always there. Um, Team skins or team identifiers weren't always there either. Like, so in Overwatch, you have a red outline for enemies. That's how you definitely know they're an enemy. Well, before you just had to know, you know, but though, like, stuff like that, that came from mods, uh, which is now just par for the course when you build the first one shooter, you put these things into it. And I guess the biggest pro about mods is that it doesn't cost the developers anything. 
It just basically it would cost them to make the the dev tools maybe, but it doesn't cost them anything for for the community to put mods out. Nick is scratching his head. He disagrees. Well, not that I disagree, but again, going back to how Warcraft Three begat Dota, I feel like Blizzard lost something there. Like Blizzard, the, that's. That's Blizzard's fault. It, you know, and I'm not saying that, that's why that's why I'm scratching my head because the thought isn't fully formed. But to say that like Blizzard didn't pay a price for allowing mods in 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 Warcraft Three that begot this whole genre that they're you know desperately trying to catch up in with Heroes of the Storm that there was an opportunity cost. I think that it's you're you're right in the sense that they just put you know as long, they just have to make sure that the server and the, the game engine can handle the modification by the community. And then they put the content out there and everybody's happy. And that outside of whatever initial investment they, they have to put in pre- preparing the game in that regard, you're right. It's very low cost in, in that as far as the return they get and all the content that comes back. But I still feel like there are certain situations where yeah, blizzard definitely in, 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 in theoretically it's all like, hypothetical money that blizzard lost like it's just the opportunity cost of being able to control dota and whatnot but there's more i I feel like they didn't get the right return the the right roi on uh on on uh, warcraft 3 in that regard that they should have so it's you're right but i feel like there's still a little there's a little gray area there christina looks like she wants to say something i mean not on that but i was just gonna say how I mean, Dota is like, or whatever, Blizzard is like one specific instance. I feel like in general, mods actually help the developers make more money because people will see the mods buy the games for that specific mod. And then there's times where developers will produce the mod themselves because they liked how much it worked like or whatever. And then they have the option now on the Xbox One where you can buy mods, right? For like Fallout and stuff. For certain games, for, for Fallout and games. for Doom. It's actually Bethesda leading that charge, by the way um so yeah but yeah for doom but back to that nonsense that nick just said (laughs) (laughs) blizzard missed out they didn't it didn't cost them anything for dota they just simply missed out if blizzard was valve blizzard would have purchased dota once it was successful that's what valve does that's what valve did and it's proved right for them but blizzard misses things all the time blizzard birthed the game that essentially created esports and did nothing with it. They did nothing with it. Well, I think Blizzard's problem is that they were a bit distracted by World of Warcraft and that that was such a monumental task that they were undertaking. And I'm, I'm not, def- I, 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 I'm not defending them. Like they missed out, they missed out. I'm just saying, like, World of Warcraft kind of- was definitely a major undertaking. And let me correct something real quick. I just said that I was just mentioning StarCraft created esports and somebody is grumbling under their breath right now. Yes, I do know that there were, you know, competitive games being played uh, before StarCraft 2. You know, there were tournaments for Quake or was it Doom? I'm trying to think what, there was a tournament that was played and John lost his car. He lost his Lamborghini to somebody like this guy won the tournament and he gave him his Lamborghini. What? Um, it might've been doom. It might've been competitive doom, not competitive quake. Um, I'm getting it all mixed up now. It's all jumbled in the brain here, 
But John Carmack, John Carmack, like he gave his, uh, he he lost his Lamborghini to somebody in a Quake tournament, or maybe not lost it. Maybe he was like, I, I think he gave it away, like to the winner of the of the tournament. So yes, there were competitive games before that. I mean, you want to take it back, you can also bring up like Street Fighter Two, Mortal Kombat, stuff like that, because people were running tournaments that. But South Korea as a country treated StarCraft like a sport like a national sport like you were like as big as an nba player there you know that like that's how big it was so blizzard is essentially responsible for creating that game yet they completely just dropped the ball when it came to getting on it and monetizing it they didn't start taking it seriously until after uh league of legends started making bonkers money with esports well i think it says something too that when it came time for them to actually take Overwatch seriously, they just went out and bought MLB Gaming, basically. No, Activision did that. Well, Activision did that. <laughs> that's another thing. But, I'm no, sorry. But, 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 but that's my point, though, is that it's not yeah. like Blizzard. At, at least they knew, like, we want to do this. And then they were like, well, we'll just buy the people that are doing it as opposed to actually, like, developing it all in-house and running it that way. That they just went out. Like, at least they knew enough to do that. But, like, they should have been able to. Not, well, not that they should have been able to do that internally. But, I mean, they could have. They could have devoted the resources in that way if they really wanted to. I'm not going to get into it because it's a totally different topic. For it. that could be that could just spawn a completely different episode right now. But <laughs> Blizzard still doesn't necessarily have esports on the brain based on how they're treating their games versus how their professional leagues are treating the game. I think I think they do, but it's the same way that like. Uh, like a teenager might have like women on the brain, but not know how to treat a woman properly to actually like retain a girlfriend. Like I said, I'm not going to get, I have a retort to that, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going right, to say it. We're going to stick that in. Well, okay. Let me, let me bring it back here with blizzard and mods, because one of the things that they do do with world of Warcraft is that when uh, people make add-ins that are popular and make the game easier to play, like the, like in the olden days, there were some quest help quest objective, add-ins and stuff like that and then eventually they just incorporate that right into the game and like usually with the next expansion they'll just be like hey this is a feature it's a quality of life improvement we know everybody was downloading it and using it anyway uh in wrath of the lich king uh there was an, a gear score mod that everybody was using you know to get your the level of your gear so you could figure out roughly how powerful your character was and then in I think it was Cataclysm. They just introduced eye level as a feature, which it looks, you know, it assigns a gear level, to, a, a score to every piece of gear, and it tells you what the average is across your character. And that's something that's just been part of the game for the last eight years. So, um, yeah, they'll they'll take the mods, and if the mod is popular enough, it just makes it right into the game. I guess I'm spoiled, but I didn't realize that you had, like, item levels on gear without it showing you their item levels, because that's kind of ridiculous. Like, you just had to compare each thing. Yeah, back in the day, yeah. Yeah, you just had well, – well, well, back in the day, you didn't have – well, no, no, you did because it, the there were the various tiers. You just looked to see who had, like, the latest tier gear and then go from there. But That's so gear, much work. I just like numbers. Like, oh, this number is five higher than the last number I had. Equip. Numbers? Oh. You guys got to get, like, Borderlands. Arrows, baby. Oh. Arrows. Yes. yes. <laughs> somebody compared – to like, I think it was somebody from Penny Arcade – um called borderlands an arrow an arrow comparison simulator because that's what you do it's like you just look at something arrow up take it arrow down leave it (laughs) like that's kind of how it works that's kind of how i like any of my games 
<laughs> and he's how they have like the super like if I'm playing a game and it's like there's three arrows up and one arrow down, cool, I'll upgrade it. But if it's the other way around, even though that like one arrow up is like ten times better than what I have, eh, whatever. Nope, nope, not no. enough, arrows up, not enough arrows green. <laughs> yeah, so like yeah, that the Borderlands has. Uh, so we're all in agreement. Borderlands has the best, uh, you know, uh, gear comparison uh, system <laughs> absolutely in, in, in gaming right now. So. All right, I'll let I'll let um, Gearbox know. So, <laughs> but um, yeah. So that's one thing I was thinking about, like, because you know, uh, add-ons are mods, and you know, I I played Warcraft for a little bit, and yeah, the game definitely needed a little help with with that because, like, you know, lots of clicking around. That if you put that mod, that quest, you know, mod on that does all the clicking for you, speeds things up so much faster. I know there are a lot of people who play with like the healing mod so they can better heal more efficiently like whenever i look at ray's computer like when i've been, i've seen her play warcraft before i don't even see people man i see bars and names that's all i see <laughs> and they're going up and down like she's a dj like it's it's ridiculous so like yeah i mean the, 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 you have mods like that that really helped um actually but honestly, the only mmo that i really have seen mods like that is warcraft because when I played Warhammer, didn't use any mods there. But yes. then again, I, I was mo- that was mostly a PvP MMO, let's be honest. I mean, Final Fantasy has some mods. They probably have some really good ones that I haven't looked into, but it's mostly like combat tracker to make sure your DPS don't suck. Um, I'm a healer, so I don't, you know, I don't count in that. Uh, but, I, you know, it's good to make sure you're like, you know, where you're at and where you need to be, especially if you're raiding. We use that a lot for what we're raiding. But besides that, that's really it. There's a lot of people that made a mod to auto click on an NPC when Stormblood first dropped because everybody was stuck at that NPC because <laughs> of how overloaded the game was. It took about a week for people to actually get past that. And that was like they raised the cap to level 70. That was like a quest line for level 63. Wow. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Mm, yeah, the, I mean the other MMO that I probably played re- like religiously for a while is Guild Wars, and Guild Wars didn't have any mods like that. But once again, that's also another PvP style MMO. So, um, but uh, moving on, let's talk about some impressive mods that like you know they aren't necessarily full conversion, but they add stuff to the game. Like that the one that was a foul scar. For Skyrim, adds 30 additional hours. We brought that up. 30 additional hours and 26 new quests has, like, you know, um, voice acting in it. New voice acting. I'm like, dude, how? And I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't charge for the mod. <laughs> like, how? Like, how? Like, how do you do that? That just shows how badly people want to make content for the games. Well, that, and it was a 19 year old, too. Yeah. That's the that's kind of crazy. thing that's like an audition reel to get hired by one of these companies. Like if you're doing that much work, like somebody better hire you and, and be, you, be, you better be getting paid like full time to, to do. Right. That. Oh, dude. Like, yeah, it's fine. It was I, I was blown away when I saw that. I didn't play it because like I said, Skyrim's not my thing, but I did. And I know GTA five has some impressive mods. Uh, they have the police mod, which will actually allow you to just hop into a police car and pull people over and stuff like that and do things. But more impressive was the, I showed uh, Christina a little earlier, the ice mod 
you know, the Ice mod from GTA 5, which makes that game look phenomenal. It looks better than most other games, like, out, like, and they keep making enhancements to it, or they, or they kept making enhancements to it. I don't know if they're still making enhancements to it now, but, like, when, when you turn on the video, like, is this the mod? I'm like, yeah, that's the mod. Yeah, it was legit, because it was, like, over the ocean, and there was, like, boats and stuff, and you could see the sun setting and the horizon, and I was like, oh, this is a nice ad. Oh, oh, this is the mod. Oh, okay. So it was yeah. like, come to Florida or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the ice mods are, are are pretty pretty dope. I know also, you know, because, you know, in Double Tap, they talk about it pretty frequently. Um, there's a lot of skin, you know, reskins that go on, like Street Fighter and stuff like that. Like, I think somebody made Sheik recently. That was one of the latest They made Sheik, they made uh, Midna. Like, they do a lot of crazy things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like the mods like that were, you know, those were pretty impressive. But then, you know, you have the high impact ones like we talked about, the Counter Strikes, the Team Fortress, the Dota's, the Daisies, those are full conversion mods. And then you did bring up uh, you know, Gary's mod before. Um, which I always thought Gary's mod was interesting. I never got into it myself. But I mean, I, I think without Gary's mod, you don't really have the sandboxes like you do now. Even the survival sandboxes like Ark and you know, rust and stuff like that. Like, you know, Minecraft. Minecraft has a lot of mods. Oh, yeah. A lot of mods. And saying that is such an understatement. They have every type of mod that you've listed. They have like a version of that mod. And it's right. really, I don't think, I think majority of people that play on PC don't even play vanilla Minecraft anymore. Like, it's more like when I go, oh, I'm playing vanilla Minecraft. People are like, what? Like it's, I mean, it's unheard of. I know for a while they were still developing stuff in Minecraft for people, but honestly, they probably just need to develop like and make sure that the their modding kits and development tools uh, get updated and are up to par and maybe have more abilities and just let people just create new things in Minecraft that way. Well, they kind of do. I mean, Minecraft still comes out with consistent updates. They just added like. I don't. I haven't played in such such a long time. But like when they added polar bears like last year, I was like, "What the heck is going on?" Like they're still adding things, and they actually take things from what the community has done, hire those people, or at least pay for their mods and add it into the game. Like the horse mod, it was from com something completely like different, and they added horses into the game, and it's like basically the same. It's the same horse. Like the eyes are different, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like Minecraft will live a healthy life. Plus, it's like a whole Minecraft EDU thing, and you know that's crazy. Um, you know, actually, didn't we talk about that on a previous episode? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the education stuff. Yeah, which is still insane. Yeah, so I mean, the modding scene is definitely is still is still pretty popular, but it used to be hotter. Like it was almost every game that came, not every game, but when it came to PC, like especially PC shooters, like PC shooters, it was just expected that. You would get a few things with it, right? The game would come out uh, maybe before the game or maybe like soon after the game comes out. You get uh, your dedicated servers uh, where you can download those and, you know, be a server admin, do that stuff. And then also like the modding kits and modding tools. That was just a given. And that's what you really don't see anymore. It's not really a given anymore. Like when they announced that Doom from 2016 was going to have... You know, you could do mods, you could do a map editor and stuff like that. I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome of them to do that when it was just expected before. And I think the decline of mods really came from 
Um, well, we're, we're just going to blame Call of Duty for this one because that's that's it's kind of that yearly release, um, and the combination of that and the rise of DLC, I think, uh, really stopped comp publishers from wanting to to extend the life of their games. Like that's essentially they don't want to extend the life of their game. Activision does not want you to, like if you're playing. You know, what came out last year? World War II? When mm-hmm. Black Ops 4 comes out this year, they don't want you playing World War II anymore. They want you playing Black Ops 4. That's what they want. Um, EA, they're a little different. Like, Battlefield is on a two-year cycle, but they usually try to stuff another shooter in there. They want you, like, every year, every two years, to be moving on to shooters. I know they just they, they stopped active development on Battlefield 1 recently. So we're probably about you know what? Six months away, you know, away from the next Battlefield game coming out. So you got like a year and a half of actually. When did Battlefield One come out? You're did right. Come out? Not this past November, but the November before. That's when Battlefield One With, came out because it came out when Titanfall came out, right? Titanfall yes, 2? it did. Yes, it did. Titanfall Two. So you know they want you playing like the next one. Uh, they want you, you. You know, you picking it up. Actually, EA. If they didn't fuck up Medal of Honor, they would have a, a, a new shooter out every year. But they fucked up Medal of Honor. That's their fault. Beautiful reboot. The the sequel after the reboot is terrible. But um, yeah, this is when that's what we're like. You know, the rise of DLC and yearly releases is what's stopping. You know, they they don't care about extending the life of the game or putting more value in the game. They just want you to buy the next one when it comes out. If they came up with a system where basically it kind of goes back to our discussion about games as a service, where you just, you know, you, you sign up for whatever game it is, let's say Call of Duty, arbitrarily, you just pay $60 or $100 every year and you get Call of Duty and all that content, where they know that you're locked into their ecosystem and you're paying your subscription. At that point, they lose the disincentive to prevent people from 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 making mods at that point it would make sense for them to bring it back because as long as you're paying your hundred dollars in the ecosystem then they would be like well sure we can open this up and and people can do what they want because now we want you coming in and and you know paying your you know whether, whether it be a monthly fee or a yearly fee um you know that would be one way to kind of bring them back then the thing is to a degree though because if if we were still running um a dedicated server model sure uh, or or community run dedicated or somewhere I'm sure, but now every game that they have, they have to have servers up for them and running. So actually, the fact that people are still playing playing Black Ops Three, you know, two years after Black Ops Three came out, or maybe three years. I mean, is this three years? After it has Black to Ops be 3? three years because Black Ops Four is coming out. Yeah, but so well, Black Ops Three. But what was it? Was Advanced Warfare before or after Black Ops Three? I think it was before. It was before because it was Black Ops Infinite War. And then World War Two. Yeah, so this will be the third year. Um, so yeah, this will be like the, the third one. The fact that people are still playing Black Ops Three right now probably irks the shit out of Activision. The fact that people are still playing Black Ops Two probably irks the shit out of Activision. I was gonna say they people still play Black Ops Two. Right, yeah, but, but but that's why I'm saying like if if they knew that you were paying into their ecosystem, then at that point they're getting money regardless of what system you're playing. And sure, they want everybody playing the the new thing, but if if something happens that spawns in Black Ops 3 that they're like, oh, wow, this is getting a lot of attention. As long as you're still paying in, they won't care as much. And you figure they'll run the servers what they'll have to run. I mean, it's all virtualized anyway. They're going to they'll spin up some Black Ops 3 servers. They'll spin down some 
It is, but they yeah. pinch by the penny, man. Like they, like they, they look at that that stuff by the penny to try to squeeze as much value as as. As, you know, with as little as they can. I mean, that's actually part of the problem with Overwatch servers, to be honest with you. Overwatch servers do not have a great tick rate, which has been a huge problem from... I shouldn't say... I'm overstating. I'm making it seem like it's worse than it is, but it's actually been a problem with the game since beta, right? They improved them a little bit. They helped with the latency a little bit. They changed the netcode a little bit, but it's still an issue because if the community was running those servers... Those servers would be 120 tick or more uh, to get the best gameplay. I was running servers. I was running, you know, CS:GO servers in 2006 at 120 because we wanted when we played competitively, we didn't want any excuses. No, you died because you suck. We don't want any excuses about lag or anything like that, or latency, nothing, or server updates. Don't want to hear about it. Could Blizzard improve the PvP experience by making it 4v4 instead of 6v6? Ooh, you are trying to pull me into a trap there. <laughs> Ooh, somebody is trying to pull me into a trap there. I'm going to say it didn't work for another prestigious company. <laughs> didn't work for another one. I don't think it'll work. I don't think it'll work for them. So, um, but yeah, that, that's the thing. Like that, that's one of the the problems I have with the current ecosystem of let it putting everything on the developer, putting everything on the publisher because the communities run community members run better servers than the developers will go ahead. Well, did they decide to take the servers in house because they wanted to cut off mods or they wanted to bring the servers in house just to control everything. And then the side result of that was cutting off mods. (sighs) I think that they wanted to, I think Activision, because Activision was like really one of the first people to do that with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. That was like an outrage when they came out that Modern Warfare 2 would not have dedicated servers. Complete outrage. Um, I think Activision did that because they wanted tighter control of the game and, you know, uh, the money that was spent. You know, I'm pretty sure that was a Bobby Kotick decision, to be honest with you. I have a love-hate relationship with Bobby Kotick. I do like he like he's really really good at his job. He's amazing at his job, and sometimes that's bad news for us. Other times it's great. But Overwatch wouldn't exist without a thumbs up from Bobby Kotick. It wouldn't, you know. So like yeah, that, that that's what you really got to look at. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Um, I I really can't see dedicated servers making a comeback. Even though like you know Bond actually turned on bad company too because he just wanted to see if anybody was actually playing it there's still servers running for bad company too you guys rock (laughs) you know so well there's that's the one thing that impresses me there's a ton of games that are shutting down due to was the gdrp or the whatever that privacy law in europe is oh right and these are all games that people talked about like three four five years ago like when did we play loadout Oh my god! Like and loadout, yeah, like yeah, like I don't remember when that was. It was a while ago. And loadout is shutting down now because they don't, they can't uh, adhere to the the privacy laws in Europe, so they're they're just closing. I didn't and, know people were still playing loadout. Right, exactly. Or uh, was it? I think uh, was it uh, Monday Night Combat or Super Monday Night Combat? Whatever that what? game is, that's another one that's uh, I think closing down. Or, uh, or if it's not closing down, they're at least shutting down their European division. But I'm pretty sure it's closing down. But yeah, these are again 
all games from like five years ago, people that there's still enough people playing them that they're, they were active. Uh, but then like after like two weeks from now, they're gone. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it now, like free to play game loadout ending service and wake of GDPR regulation. Yeah. Free to play shooter loadout will shut down on May 24th. Did not know that. Wow. I guess it has a lot to do with the with with the with them controlling all of the servers. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So, any, any information that passes through a server in Europe has to be uh, handled a certain way. So, wow, that sucks for them. Even mm-hmm. though the game wasn't that great, in my opinion, but you know, there's a reason though, why we don't talk about it. Now. <laughs> it's, I'm looking at a screenshot of it now. So, searching for matches, average wait time about four days. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's pretty fucking funny. But um, well, not for them. I'm pretty sure I I, I didn't even know the game was still up. But Super Monday Night Combat, you're saying too? Uh, that, yes, uh, that's uh, I think also shutting down. It's funny because when I turn on my Xbox One, Monday Night Combat is one of my Xbox 360 games that it'll let me install. I'm just like I couldn't install this game if I wanted to. You know, because nobody's playing it. The servers are probably down. Didn't even realize. But yeah, here they are. Like, I, I see it here that, you know, they're shutting down on May 24th, too. Well, you have wow. some time. Get in yeah. there. I don't so know, get- man. I, I, I don't even remember how that game plays, to be perfectly honest with you. Ooh, you gave me. I, I gotta go to look at, look at some stuff, Nick. Wow. Thanks for, for bringing me up to date. It would end, end on a good note there. All these games going away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know that they still had enough people playing them. I haven't heard a single person utter the words Monday Night Combat since 2012. There, well, I want to say one of the games, and I don't remember if it's one of the ones I mentioned or another one, where they said they had like 25 regular users. So, I mean, this may be a very, very small but dedicated community. Jeez, I, like, if that's the case, though, can I wonder if they could possibly just like package up the servers for you know and make them dedicated servers? Yeah, if, if you only have twenty five users, just burn your servers, send them to each of those people. If they've been playing that game for five years, they've earned it. <laughs> yeah, like it's like you know they can they can like package up. I don't mean the physical servers, but like package up the server software and make it so that the game reads off of like a master server list or something oh, like that. You what know, is it? We, they just passed uh this makes me think they just passed i think like the 10 year or maybe the 15 year anniversary i think it's the 10 year anniversary of i think like the halo 2 servers being shut down and there were like 14 people who like after they, they shut the servers down off, yeah yeah they they like didn't log off and so like they stayed on for like an extra two weeks yeah. and <laughs> until like they finally like rebooted and kicked them off and so I was reading a whole Reddit thread about that. They were they were like celebrating their ten year anniversary of that. So yeah, well, I thought I thought it wasn't that they rebooted the servers. I thought that it was because no, they they lost their connection. I think like they, they just, lost their connection. Everybody to the just kept server. losing their connection at some point. Like eventually, yeah, point. the last guy just you know cut out. Yeah. So yeah, I do. Yeah, that, that I didn't realize that was ten years ago. I feel fucking old, Nick. I remember that was happening. I was like, "Viva la resistance!" Like you know, but <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah. Way to bring it bring it down. It's like yeah. these games are shutting down. We're all old. <laughs> wow, yeah, what a downer. The downer cast. I mean, you guys are old. 
Uh, you, I'm pretty sure you're not that far behind us. Shh. Well, maybe Nick. Maybe Nick. I'll be young uh, forever. I'm, I'm further. I'm further behind Nick than I thought. I, I have to. <laughs> I have to play video games because my kid demands it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna go ahead and wrap this sucker up. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and you know, come on back if you are uh, listening on anything that's not like a podcatcher you can catch us on multiple podcast platforms we are on app on, on ios and android uh on most podcast platforms just search for the mashcast or mashcast we should be up there if you don't see us then uh there's a link available uh for the rss feed right on the mattress buttons website so check that out uh, like I mentioned earlier, you can catch us on twitter.com slash MTB site, facebook.com slash Mashless Buttons, and youtube.com slash Mashless Buttons. You guys want to give out your socials? Yeah. Uh, I am S'mores Pop Tart, S M O R E Z P O P T A R T, if you don't know how to spell Pop Tart. Um, at Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook, and Instagram. Um, I have been streaming at least once a week, so I'm kind of active in, in the community. All right. And Nick? And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me on WoW Talk and the Torn and the Goblin here on Mash Those Buttons. That's the World of Warcraft podcast where sometimes we do talk about add-ins and mods. Okay. And I am uh, – I actually, I changed my Twitter handle to Church of Jaw, so that's – it just goes along with everything else now. And um, you can also find me on Watchpoint Radio, which it streams live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, even though I do believe we are going to be changing the streaming time to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So don't be surprised if you see it pop up then. Um, you can catch me, Blaze and Bob, and Kender there on Tuesdays. And then the show actually does release on Wednesdays. So... Um, we'd love to have you join us on our discord, which is discord.me slash mash those buttons. You know, we actually added a Mashcast channel. There was a request to add a Mashcast channel Ooh. because people want to talk about what we've been talking about. You know, Nick would have known that already if he was in the discord. Yeah. I, I get it back it. <laughs> yeah. No excuses. I know. It's okay. I'm, not, I'm not trying to defend myself. <laughs> I, I, I defend video games publicly. I don't defend myself publicly. <laughs> Uh, you know, we, we would love for you guys to reach out to us with any comments or questions. So, you know, you can hit us up on Twitter or on the comment on the website or comment on the uh, on SoundCloud, wherever. We'll try to, you know, find your comment and, um, you know, bring it up on the show if we, if we if we want to. Not if we want to, but if we can. If it fits the topic, I should say. Sorry. <laughs> it's late here, folks, like I if said. If we want to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. If you guys enjoyed the show, the best way to, uh, and Andrew want to help us out, the best way to help us out is to share the show with others and also to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. That really helps us out. And we uh, appreciate you guys who have been doing that. And uh, yeah, I would suggest you guys check out the other shows on mashesbuttons.com, which is, uh, you can go to mashesbuttons.com slash shows. And like Nick, uh, Nick mentioned, he has two World of Warcraft podcasts. I have an Overwatch podcast. Um, we have a Division podcast, soon to be a Division 2 podcast, and um, i trying to think, am I missing? No, Double Tap, we have a fighting game podcast, so you guys can check that out, and uh, I don't know, maybe one day Christina will be on more than one podcast as well. We'll see. So, 
Oh, I don't uh, even know what else. <laughs> what else? Are you <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to go from a general show to a specific show. Uh, I, did, so. I don't do enough of Final Fantasy to have uh, my own show for that one, so. Uh. Oh. You'd be surprised. Yeah, There's somebody who does less in Final Fantasy than you that has a show. <laughs> we, we can find it probably, but. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. We will catch you in two weeks. Have a great week, everybody.